Welcome to Buckinghamshire History Festival. Over the past 20 years, there has been a surge in people conducting research into their family pasts. My name's Catherine Gwynne, and today I'm joined by Joe Lester, who works in the Buckinghamshire Library Service as a customer service officer. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hello, Catherine. I'm fine, thank you. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you today. Not at all, Joe. We're going to talk about family history, but specifically the family history research that you've conducted. So shall we start with what drew you to research your family? My background, I went to Birmingham and York University and I did history degrees at those universities. So I've always had this sort of one eye in the past sort of thing. I've been better at looking backwards and looking forwards. And we went into lockdown and like a lot of people, we cleared out a bit of the garden and I thought, right, I'm going to grow some bits and bobs and plant some seeds, which got me thinking about my gran on my mum's side. And my gran was somebody I always thought of as being super capable in every direction you could think of. She could cook and she could sew and she was thrifty and she was very caring and loving and funny. She could do absolutely everything. Gran's family came from a village called Baton in Suffolk. And I started to think about that and then the first week of lockdown, I thought, I'll have a look at what the library can offer me while I'm at home. And I can't go out and I can't do anything else. And so that's how I started. And it was just sitting at home and thinking, right, I'm going to go back and start looking. And funnily enough, I actually started looking at something from my husband's family. It was an uncle who had been lost in the Second World War. And I found a photograph of him on the British Library newspapers now, the Gale Primary Resources, the British Library newspapers. And it found a photo and there was some interesting detail about him, about how he'd qualified. And then I thought, I wonder if there's some bits and bobs about my grand's family as well. And so I just changed the surname and I did a little bit more digging. And then the stuff that I found was was very much the petty sessions and the criminal side of things and it got me thinking and I was thinking well that's a funny old thing I don't remember hearing about any of that and that's how it started and it just sort of got me hooked in at that point just to start looking and digging and thinking less about how far back could I go but more about how much could I find out about these members of my family and the life that they led. It's really interesting that you mentioned newspapers, because I think a lot of people yeah. thinking about starting their family history will go straight to the, the beer moth ancestry or maybe find my past. But I've always been really pleasantly surprised at just how much detail there is in the newspaper databases, births, marriages and yes, deaths. It's the family announcement. It's all those little bits that make people's lives three dimensional and the, the hurt and the worry and the loss and the triumphs. All those little bits are all there, all in gnarly little details. Now you've let slip that you've got some criminal ancestors. Come oh, on, no. spill the dirt. <laughs> well, in a very, very short period of time, I found that one side of this particular gran of mine, uh, one side of her family, seemed to be cropping up fairly regularly in the Petty Sessions. And this was in the Bury and Norwich Post and Suffolk Herald through the 1870s. They're wonderful. This one chap, his name is Charles Borley, and he was charged with trespass in pursuit of gain. And he was charged at the Petty Sessions of January the 18th in 1871. But he was found sitting in the wood and they said, right, you're up to no good. And he said, well, actually, I'm just sitting here having come in to cut a stick to use as a crutch. 
and he played very much on the fact that he had been crippled as a as a boy and he hadn't gone in there for game at all the case was dismissed and then he the same chap was then found having been drunk and disorderly on the highway at Baton where he was using blasphemous language and he came back apparently and said if he wasn't a cripple he would drown the witness and they were all found to be drunk and fined 10 shillings and three shillings sixpence costs or 10 days hard labour and then his wife was then later charged with stealing children's boots. And that came up in the same newspaper, the uh, Petty Sessions of 1882. She was um, fined a shilling, but with costs of 10 shillings. One that I thought was particularly sad, really. It was the same newspaper, the Bury and Norwich Post and Suffolk Herald from 1894. And it was a maintenance case where my grand's father had been summoned by the guardians of the Stowe Union, the workhouse. And they'd asked him to pay more contributions towards his father's care who was in the workhouse at the time the case was actually dismissed because he laid out his means before them and said this is what I'm currently paying for this is what I earn very much based on an income from the land as a farm labourer and they dismissed it because in their words they did not consider his means were sufficient to meet the bill with which they were giving him and again that it, it shows that there was real hardship real real hardship and the workhouse has loomed large in that family we have family members born in the workhouse and the guardians of the workhouse come into the family to say you need to contribute more that also led me to look into the workhouse and to look at Stowe Union what did the people wear and what was life like to make a fuller picture of the lives that my family led you know I can get grumpy if I haven't got milk for my tea or I can get fed up if somebody's not done something that I would like them to do at home and then perspective check and you just think gosh you have a home. So here in Buck's archives we've got shelves and shelves of family trees that people have researched over the years and, and sent to us their final versions and what always strikes me is how devoid of detail around those names they are and sometimes yeah. these are very big families and that knowledge will be remain will have been retained in the family yes. stories passed down but for most of us those stories never really are passed down and so it's really interesting that you're not just trying to build a family tree you're trying to fill in the picture of who these people were I have been very, very fortunate because my mum and my dad have both written down their childhood memories. I'm very fortunate, but also to have a family that is interested in family history. So a lot of the anecdotes that I've picked up have actually been confirmed by my mum saying, oh, yes, my cousin told me about that. Yes, there's some some wonderful stuff all to do with my granddad or granddad Sexton, who was the church Sexton at Baton. It's just a coincidence. It wasn't a, a, a job passed down through the family. It was just the coincidence. He was known for ploughing the straightest furrow. He was a farm labourer as well, the same as his father-in-law, Charles Borley, was. But apparently he was the cracking poacher. Never got caught. The children used to go to his knee and queue up to have a sip of his beer. He used to have a pint of beer every Friday. And apparently one half of his moustache was red and the other half was black. It's just one of these sort of funny, funny things and how his mother-in-law had rickets as a child. She apparently was born in the workhouse. She had rickets as a child. And the children in the village, apparently, this is going back to the used to tease her and she could never catch them because she couldn't run as fast as they could. But apparently she had a jolly long memory and she'd give them a swipe if they came within reach weeks later and just remind them what the swipe was about. So we are very, very lucky to have this quite rich anecdotal family history so these wonderful anecdotes about the family that where you've been able to find them must make you feel really connected to them but I bet 
there's a few people you can't find anything on. There are. There's a baby was born to my grand's mother before she was married to my grand's father. Little girl was born and died within a few weeks. And it's very, very interesting. Within a very small village, we don't know who the father of the baby was. Some parts of the family feel that it was the husband she then married very shortly before the baby died. My view is that he wasn't the father because I think if he was going to be the father of that baby, he would have married her. So I don't feel he was the father of the baby, but we'll probably never know. What we do know is that Julia Borley was very young when she had this child. And my gran never knew that she'd had an older sister who died. Interestingly, my mum, after my gran died, my mum went back to Baton and she met some old neighbours of my grand's who had grown up when my gran was living there. Mum said, you know, there was a baby born, wasn't there? And they were told, never mention it. The subject is not to be brought up. You are, but they were told as children, you don't refer to it, you don't mention it. And they lived about next door, next door, but one to where this baby would have been born. And I find it terribly sad. I have huge admiration for my great grandmother to have gone through and seen this through and had her baby by herself. The baby was baptized, the baby died and was buried, and she got married, and then she had. I think about another 15 children with Crikey. her husband. She must have had so much strength to be in a small village and to deal with that in a time when she wouldn't have had a lot of support, I don't imagine. But her family stood by her and her husband-to-be stood by her, but he didn't marry her until after the baby was born. So there's an interesting story there. One that sadly, as you say, we may never really know the ins and outs no. I have requested the baby's death certificate now from the General Record Office. That hasn't come through yet, but I have made a request for that. And whether it would say, give a little bit of insight about what the baby died from, it doesn't answer questions, but it might just answer one or two. Yes, so the General Register Office, they are the holders of all the civil registers, aren't they? So you can order births, marriages and death certificates from them. Yes, very Um, simple process to do it. Put it off for a little while because I kept thinking, oh, I haven't got time, I haven't got time. And they did it in about four minutes. Well, I hope that it has something interesting or useful in there for you. Because I remember we here in the archives, we ordered a few death certificates connected to our World War One project. That's my particular people we were researching died and uh, sometimes you'd be waiting days and days and then the the certificate might have something very inconclusive on it but uh, anyway I digress you've talked about the Gale newspapers Um, that's Victorian newspapers have been digitized by the British Library and are available for free via our Bucks Library's library card were there any other sort of online resources that you found particularly useful when researching I did. I used the Britannica online quite a lot. I found out that Grandad Sexton, he, he was a farm labourer, he was a horseman, then he was a head horseman, and of course he was the chap that ploughed the straightest furrow, and we won't talk about what else he could do on the side, because he, he was a man who was putting food on the table for his family. And what was so interesting, I used the Britannica online, which again you can use free of charge using a library card, brilliant resource, and I just looked up Suffolk Punch Horses. These are the horses that he that he worked with every day when he was in ploughing season. And these horses are so lovely. They're absolutely beautiful. I think they're endangered. I don't know if they're still endangered. It's something else I'm wanting to find out a little bit more about. It's part of my ongoing thing. But you can go on there and you can find out all about these horses. They're apparently from a medieval breed. And they're quite small, but they seem really huge to me. They look pretty big. Um, 
trust me, when one's running towards you in a field, it's terrifying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he used to plough the field with these Suffer Punch horses. And I went on to YouTube and there is video of somebody ploughing a horse with two Suffer Punch horses. I think it's one Suffer Punch. But it's just the noise, the lovely, it's so quiet. And then there's the jangling of the harnesses and the puffing of the horses and the sound of the earth turning and the little little words to the horses from the ploughman and it takes you back and it makes everything very real and then the children would do gleaning at a different part at a different time of the year but they would come and do gleaning after the harvest was in and I was thinking because at the time during the lockdown we didn't have aeroplanes going over us we live quite close to London we didn't have aeroplanes going down and it was really quiet we didn't I can hear a police siren in the background now we didn't have that it was so quiet and you could really take yourself back to the quiet that they would have just taken for granted that we don't have in my daily life. I don't have a very quiet background. So those are the three things I used. Ancestry, which again, that was brilliant. It was huge, but it's brilliant. And it is still available to use free of charge using your library card until the end of December this year. That has now been extended. So it's great that that's been done because it gives people further opportunity. Before lockdown, to use Ancestry for free with your library card, you'd have to come into one of the libraries or into us here at the archives, which was fine. But it's just such a coup to be able to secure the access for people at home now. It's wonderful. But having spoken to a couple of colleagues as well, we have all fallen prey to the sitting down to do 15 minutes of family history or anything else. You have a cup of tea and a couple of biscuits. And before you know where you are, it's half past five you've gone down that wonderful rabbit hole where you've gone click, 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 and you found it and you find something, you just go on a little bit, I'll just do five more minutes, I'll just click through to that. And it's it's been so good for that. And it's thrown up, for me, it's thrown up so many interesting questions and extra bits and extra bobs. So I'm really curious to pick your brains and see how you use Ancestry because I come at Ancestry as an archivist and I think about it in a particular way. So I will search a particular record set so I might have a look at the 1911 census I find it a bit too chaotic and overwhelming to just put a name in at the front page and then see everything that comes up I'd like to know exactly to sort of drill down to a particular record set how about you when I was looking for the Wallers and the Sextons, I, as I said earlier, I was quite lucky. We have had some a lot of family interest in it already. So I had a few signposts just to go with. So I knew, for example, that Charles Borley was born in Tostock. So I, I could see who he was. But I use... I've used, the, um, there are workhouse records on there as well, so you can look at those. I haven't had much success with those, just because the way my family has been, the way they were in there, I haven't been able to find particular workhouse records. But there are, and so other people may have tremendous luck in finding um, workhouse information. I've used it in the past for war records. So one of my great-grandfathers on a different side of the family was, he was machine gunned at Ypres in the third battle. and being able to go in and find his war record and then you go through and you can find all sorts of other things like what he took into the hospital and what his possessions were when he came home wounded sadly died of his injuries and again you can then find by going through things history and find my past I've been able to find what he came out what my great-grandmother was given what he had left after all his bills had been paid just a couple of pounds and she had four children to support things like that that you find War records, you can find family trees. Family trees themselves I find a little bit difficult to use sometimes because there are 
in my experience, some inaccuracies in there. It's not actually what you think you're looking at. And particularly because so many of the, the names are similar. We've got a lot of Williams and Julias. I think uh, sometimes people's family history research falls prey to wishful thinking. Yes. You see, and Ancestry has this facility where you can build and save your own family tree. We always say to people, treat those with caution because... You see it for yourself. You really do. And you get... I know that one of my cousins has, has gone way, 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 way back on one of them. But for me, that's not as interesting as building a fleshed out picture of somebody's life and what they did and how they picked themselves up afterwards. They went to the workhouse and then they came out. But I would like to know more because that roots me. That helps me when I'm struggling at home. If I'm struggling with anything, actually, I can think my ancestors and it's not going very far back. It's only going 100, 150 years back. And I look at them and think, you know, you really, really picked yourselves up and you dusted yourselves down and then you got on with it. I sometimes think those everyday tasks that, I don't know, like making soup that I'm sure, you know, my grandmother, my great grandmother, my great grandmother will have done hundreds of years back. I mean, yes, life, as you said, is so different now to how it was. But there are those similarities that link us as well. that give us that sense of rootedness. Absolutely. I mean, my mum had had some lovely tales when her her granny used to come and stay. My mum's a, a Londoner, although obviously she has this this Suffolk and that she's got Devon and she's got Midlands and Leicestershire and all sorts of stuff, although she did think that she was a born and bred Londoner for a long time. But her, her granny used to come down from Suffolk and ask her, could she pluck a chicken and could she gut a rabbit? And then go, no, because my mum could recite some poetry. She did lovely embroidery because she, that was the world that she grew up in my grand's world my grand slept the night before her pet pig was slaughtered that was my grand's world her daughter was born and brought up in north london and had a different skill set where next for your research lily borley the the baby that nobody really knew about i would like to find out a little bit more about her if i can i don't think i'm going to find a terrible terrible sort of amount more I think what's been found has probably been found but I'd like to order her birth certificate just so that I can look at it one of my cousins has probably already ordered it but I would like to see it I'd like to hold it in my hands and just say hi Lily you know you're not forgotten and you're here and you're part of the family and although her birth was not something that was I don't think particularly celebrated it's something I'd like to find out a little bit more about there's another really interesting thing to do with you as mentioned about the census records when I was looking at the Baton census records I found there's a Cornish family surname was Cornish now that's from another half of my family that we know came down from Suffolk came down to London what I would like to do is find out if that's the same Cornish family because they came from Woolpit. Now, Woolpit is a village very near Baton, and they were labourers, they were thatchers and brickmakers and all of this sort of very sort of useful skills that they had. And I'd really like to have a look at the Cornish family that we know were in London, and we know they came from Suffolk, and we know they came from very near Baton. And on the Baton census records, going back a little bit further, there is the Cornish family written down they're living there so we know that the the Borleys and the Sextons lived next door to each other and they married and that was lovely and the babies were born and they died but were the Cornish family also living in Baton to be to meet up with the with the Sextons years and years later and then sort of have sort of the, the directory that I'm from so I'd really like to do that that's the next bit that I would like to do 
maybe a trip to one of the Suffolk record offices? I am desperate to go to Baton. Through all of lockdown, I, I had itchy feet and it's got busy now. And obviously being in the library service, we're open at weekends. And so I have to take my turn working at the weekends and then I have to work it in with what's going on at home. But I am very, very keen to go to Baton. I have been there. I went there as a younger younger person and I can't remember huge about about it apart from there were geese walking around so it was very pretty and picturesque but I'd like to go with my mum because she was evacuated to Baton in the war in the second world war and she has memories of a water pump that she had to queue up for and the local pub the white horse that that's still there and I'd like to go and have a drink probably outside socially distanced at the white horse which was my great grandfather's local and the bear, the bear at Baton that burned down, that made the Berry and Norwich Post with wonderful pictures and sort of very colourful descriptions of what was rescued from it and how much and what was collected. It's just wonderful. It's such a, a fascinating small village. But for my family or that part of my family, it's it's very rich. Oh, well, I hope you get your trip to Baton soon and you get Thank to you. walk in the footsteps of your ancestors. Yeah, wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. It would be just lovely to take a picnic and sit on the village green yeah. and go to the church and have a look at the pews that my gran will have polished with her brothers and sisters and where she sat and listened. And there was apparently all the children always hoped that the vicar would ask for hymn number 222 because he used to say hymn number 222. <laughs> that was the one the children always. So I'd love to go and sit in there and... It's funny what gets remembered, isn't it? It is. Okay, um, so if anyone listening to us today feels inspired and wants to start with their family history, how do they access the resources that we've been talking about? With a Buckinghamshire library card, you can go online and go to the e-resources and look for Ancestry, the Encyclopedia Britannica online and the um, British Library newspapers. That's got over 160 titles and something like five and a half million records in it. So you can do that. You can go into one of your local libraries that's open and just speak to a member of staff. If you're not sure how to do it at home, we can show you. Really encourage people to speak to their families, to speak to people. There's so much oral history that's just locked away because when I was younger, it didn't occur to me to speak to my gran because she probably didn't have anything very interesting going on because, after all, she's old. Uh, how I wish I could have an hour I mean, with my gran. We've all got iPhones. We've all got recorders on our phones. Yes. We've got the capacity just to hit play on the recorder and stick it yes. in front of that, that family member. Just tell them and just ask the questions and get yeah. it recorded. Get the, get the oral so. history because all these funny little stories... I won't stop looking into it because it will just keep going on and on and I might flip over to a different side of the family or a different tree, but it's all there and it's all very real. It happened, it's recorded, it's done. Can I also plug, um, we work for a wonderful organisation called the Buckinghamshire Family History Society. Pre-COVID, they used to run a help desk for family history here at the uh, Buckinghamshire Archives, but now I think they're just answering emails for the foreseeable, but they've got a wonderful website um, and they will take questions get in touch with them as well make a start on it yeah and start with the most recent as well i think yes so start with what you know and then then start going backwards yeah uh, joe it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today thank you very much thank you so much for having me i've enjoyed it thank you if you've enjoyed this podcast we have plenty of other conversations talks and articles over on our festival website go and explore buckshistoryfestival.co.uk 
Buckinghamshire History Festival is brought to you by Buckinghamshire Archives. <laughs>